Natalie. Hey, how you doing? Um, good, how are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Right, I'm going to ask you a bit of a quiz question. Do you it. know what DNAD stands for? Um, no. No? No. It stands for Design and Art and Design. Nice. Yeah. It's quite bad. I should know that, but I don't know that. I entered their new blood briefs, and I actually did not know what it stood for until afterwards, like I've just thought to look it up. So that's a bit of information. Um, yeah, the DNAD are really good for young people who want to do, um, like, live briefs for actual brands and get a bit of an insight what it's like to work on a brief with a deadline. So, yeah, that was a good experience. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read you a line from the brief I did, and then you can give me, like, as my mentor, a bit of an advice about that you would give me if I were to come to you with this. Okay. So there's an excerpt. So um, it says... Come up with a digital and social media-led activation or campaign that builds on existing music-based marketing, um, the brand is Bacardi. To keep consumers engaged all year round, come up with digital and social media-led activation or campaign for Bacardi that builds on existing... Oh, same thing, sorry. Right. What would you say to me if I told you I was coming up with this idea for Bacardi? Uh... Knowing my personality and the rest of it. So, what's the question? So, you want you want. So, me to as a young you... person who's pursuing art direction, building yeah. a portfolio, doing this live brief for DNAD, and yeah. it says come up with a digital and social media led activation or campaign for Bacardi that builds on existing music based marketing to keep consumers engaged all year round. What would you say to me? My advice to you would be ask lots of questions to people who, right, are, in yeah. that, who are in that space. So, mm. people who are around. Um, digital music at yeah. the moment um, and then just read lots I guess <clears throat> great ideas has come from a, a culmination of or an amalgamation sorry of different viewpoints and perspectives nice but like, obviously seek the widest counsel you can from the relevant experts I'd say yeah nice I got lots of different advice on that some people said be selfish some people are like, oh, um, try not to think about advertising, think about just responding because there's like an idea of, you have an idea of what an advert should be in the end and that kind of might box you in. So don't think about being in the circle, just think about responding. Even if the response is, this is not a good brief. Someone said that to me. I didn't go with that, but someone said that to me. Right? Yeah. Well, I guess an advert, an advert comes in different shapes of different shapes and forms really because uh, adverts only really groundbreaking when it pushes the limits of what an advert really is exactly so i guess yeah. but that can make you stuck in your head you know like when i think about making an advert sometimes i want to make it i want to make it so like different and want people to be like wow that you just you don't you don't start you know yeah you true. feel like you want to you want to break the rules you want to do something so different and i don't know can kind of hinder you at times that can be oh thing. yeah true I guess that's the internal battle in your head right because you mm. it's the difference between having an idea and actually executing the idea and getting yourself to the point where you, you're thinking through your idea so much you become overwhelmed I guess mm-hmm. um, mm. but that's just doing yeah but I liked your advice Thanks. my next uh, brief I'll think about that so what I want to get from this chat mostly is that um, I want because okay, so, so this podcast platform, I'm thinking about speaking to people in different roles, you know, breaking down what they do. But you have an interesting position in that I would say 
your everything you do is aligned with sort of the future of advertising and um it being going in the right direction i'll let you explain that direction but um you're not someone that's a an art director you're not like a copywriter you know you're not a traditional position like you, you're someone who can move around and you have your own ventures so i just want to get i will sort of want to expose that side of it that you can um you can have a you can have an idea and apply it to a creative um industry and then find out why you think um, advertising industry is the best for what you do and the rest of it. Um, yeah, so I just want to get your breakdown on that. So instead of saying, okay, tell me about this, tell me about that, I thought we'd do a timeline of how we um, became mentee and mentor. Yeah. So go back to the beginning. Yeah. And then yeah, each step will sort of, um, I'll, eat, I'll expose a part of, of something that you do and then you'll talk about it. So to begin with, the first thing that I ever sort of, um, the first thing that was prof- professional that I was ever involved um, that you were doing was um, the women's conference, LFA women's conference. Yeah, and that was, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. at um, the end of 2015. Yeah. So do you want to talk a bit about LFA and how you started that? And then like, just a bit about LFA so people know what you do. And before you do that, maybe introduce yourself and say, I'm Tolu, I do this, this, that, you know. Alright, so my name is Tolu Farinto. I am a, for the sake of labels, I am a social entrepreneur. I work in the advertising entertainment industry. I am a doer. A, <laughs> uh, quite recently been called an opportunity consultant and wow. a dream facilitator. Fancy titles. I didn't come up with them, but I will gladly wear them. No, yeah, that's boggled yeah. my mind. I think I'll have to listen back to it and try and like comprehend those titles. Just like, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't take it in. I've got so, a story. I've got I've got great stories of how those came about. Um, but yeah, uh, having a conversation one day with um, a bunch of young ladies, and they were kind of telling me all their ideas, <clears throat> and it was like rapid fire. They were just like, "Wanna do this? Wanna do this? Wanna do this? Wanna do this?" And I was like, great. And I'm always one of those people. I, I think all ideas are good ideas. It's obviously down to the execution and sometimes who you know. Um, but I was just kind of giving them pointers from my own um, humble experience um, in the world of advertising and business in terms of how they should package it, um, who they should talk to, um, how they should pitch it to certain people, what relation what relationships to leverage that kind of stuff and mm. in in that moment it became apparent to them that they could actually execute their lofty yeah, idea yeah, yeah. It, it, you know things never ever turn out how you want them to turn out but in that moment they were like wow like yeah man that, that's that's my dream and i can see it coming real and, they're like, and that's what you did then, for me <laughs> one love um <laughs> And they were like, man, you're a dream facilitator. You're a ah. dream facilitator. And that's how I'm, it came Do you know what, I'm pissed, but I didn't say it to you first. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I said it to you first. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. So LFA. Yes, LFA. LFA, um, it's, now I talk about it, and it's like five, six, seven years deep. It's, it's weird. It came about out of a passion to um, just help people. And I guess mm-hmm. it came out of my own frustrations at the time and trying to get some traction on something. And if you're a young person, um, 
there is always this well i think it's i think it's a common theme across everybody there's like a fear of failure wanting to make your mark wanting to do yeah. something that that feels fulfilling right mm-hmm. and i felt like there wasn't anything out there that, or a vehicle that could do that for me mm-hmm. and i and in being a doer i just kind of got up emailed lots and lots of people i remember watching youtube videos for inspiration like watching some Will Smith interviews and some other people stuff. have said that Will Smith is really inspiring. People keep saying this, but I've yeah, watched him. I just find him funny. Yeah, well, he jumped back on social media. Like yeah. he's, he's he's got this he's got this interesting way of delivering yeah, complex ideas in a very simple way, and he's really personable as well. But he mm. did this interview. I never forget, never forget it. It's like a sit down interview. Um, I can't even remember what he said specifically, but I remember feeling extremely inspired and I, I just thought to myself you know what I'm just going to go and do it for myself mm. and uh, there was like a concept around sending a hundred emails and the law of averages being that you get at least a couple of replies so I remember yeah. sending numerous emails every single day to like managing directors trying to get through to people contacts on websites so did you go straight to advertising or like um, creative creative job roles or something no, I, I just went for anything. Like, okay, yeah. I mean, my first actual opportunity that I create, created out of LFA. So, wait. Yeah, right, yeah, skipping. Skip yeah, right, sorry, skipping making you skip. Yeah, go on. So, uh, I just sent out loads and loads of emails. And in, in that process, I began to speak I, be, I began to speak to business owners and decision makers within companies, various companies, not just the advertising industry, um, and sending them this vision of mine to open up opportunities to people aspirational people from disadvantaged backgrounds and kind of selling myself because I was the ideal candidate in terms of like the want to do something Mm. and apply myself and um, tap into that limitless possibility that limitless Mm. potential Um, and and that's that's also where the name came from. So LFA actually stands for Limitless Future Achievements. I knew that. And it was <laughs> pushed you. Um, and it was the it was yeah, it just kind of like says what it does on the that's what it does what it says on the tin. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just about like how can you just ensure that talent isn't being wasted and people know that there isn't a limit on what they can achieve um, if they're just persistent which I am and I don't I mean a lot of people congratulate me mm. um, now because of like some of the stuff that I've done and some of the stuff that I've achieved and um, all of that kind of stuff but I don't feel like I feel like obviously I'm unique but I don't feel like I am the one in a million I feel like yeah, there's, yeah. there's there's numerous kids, yeah, young people um, out there who can do exactly what I've done. They just need the right support, the right championing, the right um, uh, mentorship, yeah, and the right kind of communities around them to help them prosper and flourish and do what they need to do. Yeah. Um, so, how did you link it to advertising? And did you say just advertising or advertising media, anything else? So. With uh, obviously when when I was navigating the space of like opening up opening up opportunities, it became apparent that there was a disparity between opportunities that are available for um, 
ethnic minorities, um, women, and um, in tapping into that, it became apparent that I needed to kind of champion that because one, it affected me, mm-hmm. um, and in that process, and kind of like gravitating towards mentors, mentors of mine now, I bumped into. Um, a gentleman called Jonathan Ackway, who mm. at the time was a partner at Engine and is now a partner at Digital LBI. And Jonathan Ackway, we had like a conversation in a coffee shop in Oxford Circus. And I was like selling him on this like wild dream of mine to like open up opportunity. Don't know which way, but just kind of want to get into different organisations. Yeah. And obviously he was my first... I'd say my first point of contact in terms of like a big advertising agency. Mm. Um, actually, no, I tell a lie. My first contact with the advertising agency was um, with Group M when I signed them as a client. And um, I was introduced to them actually by an old school friend who worked there as a receptionist. And she was like, oh, I see what you do on Facebook. You post mm. lots of different opportunities. Mm-hmm. So she was like, come in, come in and speak to the HR team. I remember being super nervous because, like, when you search Group M, like, yeah, this like biggest advertising, biggest um, advertising company, and then you research who they're under, they're under WPP, and then you research Martin Soro, uh, Martin So, and then you realise how big an organisation they are, and that was just like a little me trying to sell my dream, um, and they were really receptive. I guess they really wanted to kind of change um, the way that they access talent and who they were bringing in. Mm. Um, Which seems to be the way now. Yeah, it is the way now. And I guess they they were they were really they were really passionate about it back then. Mm. Um, which was good. Yeah. So that was my first contact with the um, advertising industry. I then met Jonathan Ackway who worked at uh, Engine. He was beginning to co-found something called the Great British Diversity Experiment, and that was alongside. Oh, you're hijacking my my um, my 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 I'm timeline. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm timeline. <laughs> no, no, honestly, take it away though. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he introduced me to um, Nadia Powell. Mm. Shout out Nads. Um, Laura Bambach, who works at Mr. President. Mm. Danielle. Daniele Fien Dakar, mm. who, um, well, him and Adian now uh, own a consultancy called Utopia. Um, Alex Goat, who is now the CEO of Liberty, which I now work at. Um, and who am I missing? Yeah, so Jonathan Ackway, Nadia Powell, Daniele Fien Dakar, Alex Goat, and Laura Bambach. Mm. And they, they kind of were co founding this thing experiment which would scientifically look at how um, diverse teams created better solutions almost like this uh, advertising experiment to bring all these different people from different backgrounds cultures ethnicities Mm. genders together um, and see how they tackled a live brief and that was my kind of like my first meaningful meaningful immersive interaction with the advertising industry mine too yes it was you're yeah part, that's you're how i found out about advertising yeah, yeah. i think 
when I came to the women's conference, I had just finished my, um, I did a graphic design internship in the summer. So the women's conference was probably like four months afterwards. So I knew that I was, I knew I was on something with graphic design, but I knew it wasn't graphic design. I didn't yeah. know how to, so that was a really good. Uh, just out of interest, what did you what did you take from the Limitless Women Conference? Because it, it, I, I, I think it was um, kind of ahead of its time in some ways. In terms yeah, of like, yeah. In terms yeah, yeah. of like championing uh, women and yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of giving them the or creating a space mm-hmm. um, where like really experienced. Accomplished women can speak to um, kind of women coming into the industry or just starting out in business or just starting out mm. in their first job and kind of talking, collaborating. And um, what did you think? Do you know what? It was it was a big deal for me. I remember I messaged you on that day. It was a big deal for me because I think the biggest part was that people that actually worked were taking time to come speak to other people about what they do and like you can do this as well. And just the whole the fact that having a conversation, the fact that actual professionals were in a room and talking to us and oh yeah here's my email address and some of those email addresses are people I still email to say like I see Nadia all the time you know and that was I think it was a big deal to see women that were like professional and very confident and saying what they wanted to say yeah I think it was sort of like it was very much a mirror for me and that's like I definitely latched onto the idea of advertising as soon as I saw them I was like yep this is it they emulate what I want to get to so yeah it was really good for me. Good. It was definitely really good for me. So moving on down the timeline. So then we spoke about um, the Great British Diversity Experiment. And then in that same year, you then started working as operations manager at Sunshine. Yes. Sunshine Company, I should say. Yes. Which is one of the most interesting things to me because that is a completely, like I say, not it's not a creative, your operations manager. I'm like, what does that mean? So when I'm talking about breaking down roles... And if you're maybe someone that doesn't... Some people say, oh, I can't draw, though. Why would I go into, like, a creative role? I'm, I can't draw, that kind of thing. Yeah. But it's, like, it's good to hear from people like you because you don't have to always be a creative if that's not your thing. You know, there's other things to do. So what does it mean to be an operations manager? Um, I mean, an operator... Because, essentially, it was kind of, like, my first proper job. Um, and... Nadia was the MD at Sunshine and she knew I was a doer, so she was like, Come into this company, we need some stuff that needs to be done. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And when you're operations manager, you kind of deal with all the, I say, the gears that mm. make a company run. So it could be like anything from managing space to where people sit to particular budgets um to um just dealing with like hrs well i guess because sunshine was like a was kind of like a startup going to a medium-sized company mm. my role specific was especially was a hybrid of various roles i dealt with some hr aspects of it i dealt with a lot of the it stuff i dealt with like a lot of the day-to-day management of um, the office, I dealt with particular budgets, so I did all of that, but had, but like, reported into some of the key stakeholders within business because it was kind of small, so like the COO, um, Gideon, in my first month, he probably wasn't my favourite fan because I just 
identified a whole range of things that needed to be done. I was like, this needs to be done, this needs to be done, this needs to be done, this needs to be done. <laughs> and it was just constant. It was a constant barrage. Um, but it was good because it, 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 um, it kind of opened my eyes to how you work in an office. Yeah. More than, uh, first and foremost. Mm. Um, and the kind of the unspoken rules of being a professional, mm. I guess. Um, but in terms of the role itself, it was a hybrid. So I couldn't say that it would probably be the same across the board. Mm. Um, but yeah, it definitely wasn't the traditional creative role. So you're saying they made up a title for you? No, I, it wasn't <laughs> even that. I, it was it was what it was because I did do I did do the operational stuff in in the business. It mm. was just a hybrid of lots of different stuff. Yeah, because it was like a startup going to a medium-sized company. Um, but it was a, it was an amazing experience because the company grew insanely quickly. It was just ridiculous. Mm. It doubled in the time I was there. Um, yeah, it was it was an amazing experience. Open offices in New York and LA. Oh, that's amazing. Um, and supported throughout that process and logistics of that so that was good um it was good it was just it was a sharp learning curve and sunshine's an entertainment company isn't it sorry yeah yeah which is different how would you say that even though okay to be clear it is advertising it's an advertising industry but how is that different from a traditional a a traditional traditionalist agency or like a um a smaller advertising agency how is that different um, so in my year and seven months, this is the best way I could articulate Sunshine because I think they were still articulating it as they were going as well. Mm. But I guess advertising is you have something you want to sell mm. and then you think of a clever way to sell it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, Sunshine being an entertainment company, what they were what they were saying is that <clears throat> essentially storytelling is at the heart of everything Mm. and they believe that you could connect a brand and a consumer um through something different yeah or or an entertainment property that had that it was encumbersant of the product but wasn't the product yeah so like creating something that people engaged that want to see Mm. because with advertising it's like it comes up before you watch a YouTube video or it's a billboard or it's a ad between the show you're watching on television. Mm. But all of that stuff, to me anyway, in my personal opinion, I want to skip as quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but I guess... <laughs> That's bad. That's well, bad because I'm going into advertising, but I'm actually reading a book that's called um, Advertising for People don't, Who Don't Like Advertising, all about how to, like, yeah, this whole thing, but yeah. Yeah, and advertising isn't a bad thing because you, you, in, in, that's a challenge in itself. How how do you create, if you if you are... Um, going to go into advertising, how do you create an advert that doesn't make people want to skip it? Mm. Right? Um, and that's the, that's the challenge. But with Sunshine specifically being an entertainment company, they were like, why not create entertainment properties of films, documentaries, um, festivals, mm. um, and partnerships that allow businesses, brands to communicate to the consumer, but in a, in a, innovative way yeah Um, so yeah it was definitely i mean some of the stuff that i'm doing now is a product of me being there 
Um, and I soaked a lot up through osmosis and just kind of read between the lines a lot. So, um, moving on to now, coming to the end of our timeline. Um, well, sort of, but not. Um, you're now Emergent Talent Manager at Liberty. Yeah. What does that mean? Um, Emer- Emergent Talent Manager. I think I think they actually did make that roll up for me. Thanks. <laughs> um, love you eternally. Um, is is also a hybrid. So because of all the work that I've done in, in terms of like open up, opening up opportunities, diversity and inclusion, um, and all of that stuff, it, it, it kind of put me in good stead to, to be at Liberty. Mm. And at Liberty, they are an advertising agency, but a core part of what they do is, well, a core part of who they are is young people. Mm. So young people inform uh, the briefs that they create, they work actively hold workshops with um, with young people. Um, so they kind of wanted me to join the team and help talent kind of accelerate quicker. Yeah. Through um, Liberty's programs, through um, some of like the resources that they offered, um, and that kind of stuff. For the young people, Liberty's a good one, isn't it? So, yeah, it's worth Liber- plugging that. Yeah, Liberty's Liberty is an amazing Liberty is an amazing company. Um, some of the resources that they have is they have um, a newsletter which goes out. Yeah, and I know newsletters are kind of corny, but these it's are, really good. No, yeah. I get it, and I, it helps me. I go to their events and all sorts. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's carefully crafted. I mean, I actually. Um, the person who puts those together. So oh, really? <laughs> You're in my email. Thanks for the shout out. Um, but it is carefully crafted because when I put it together, I look at opportunities and I think to myself, what would I want to do if I was a 16 to 30 year old? Mm. Like, what's going to capture, what's going to make me want to jump out of whatever I'm doing mm. and kind of go and pursue an opportunity? So it, mm. that the newsletter and the network is definitely a great thing to be a part of. Um, they also have, uh, well, they are they are London's first free co-working space. So if you're between the ages of 16 and 25, you can come into Liberty and use the space um, yeah, yeah. as a creative and collaborate and get some mentorship. Mm. Um, we offer mentorship. We offer work experience. Um, we have a creative and residence program, which is a, a three-month program where creatives can come in uh, we give them kind of like a structured approach to executing a goal, a creative brief, a task, and then we help them get through that. So that's a great resource and great experience. And we also have a program called Businesses in Residence, mm. which is about taking startups um, that are kind of like led by young people and giving them the support they need to get to that next step. Mm. So yeah, Liberty is definitely one of those. They do lots of stuff, which I really like. Um, So last thing, I don't know where to put this in. Uh, Program Director, Ideas Foundation. So I've heard about Ideas Foundation when I talk to you every now and then, but don't know that much. So I thought I'd let you inform me. Yes, I mean, Ideas Foundation is a 16-year-old charity which was um, founded by um, the... uh, 
do I, how do I, how do I explain him? I always have to pick my words carefully because I either don't do him justice or get underwhelming. He is the uh, illustrious, is illustrious the right word? I don't know about Illustrious what ad man, Robin White. Okay. Um, who is president of Engine. Oh, um, yeah. Had, had an extensively long career within advertising. Mm. Um, and Robin set up this charity called the Ideas Foundation to kind of tap into young people's creativity in school, mm-hmm. in schools. And he was really passionate about the concept of educating them early about the possibilities that are available to them within the creative industry. Right. So the Ideas Foundation work with school kids and um, kind of changing their approach, but they were integrating creativity into the school curriculum. So How old are these school kids? Uh, so they can be anything between ages of like 13 through to okay. 18 years of age. Yeah. Right, yeah. So like secondary school, sixth form sort of. Yeah, okay, secondary yeah. school, sixth form. Um, Which is a good age. Yeah, it is a good age. It's when you catch them, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I didn't know anything about the creative industry when I was younger. Mm-mm. And I guess when you're young, you, you research loads, right? Whether it's the new fad or whether it's the new, like... like I think I've researched more than, now than I'm older. I think you do it when you're young. I know what you mean, but like... No, I think I'm more nosy now because I wasn't a very nosy child. Like, if, if some if something wasn't for me, I just didn't. Yeah, yeah I guess so. I yeah, guess but so. but generally speaking, normal kids research more when they're younger, so yeah. you can carry on. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what's normal? I mean, I I did so maybe that's just the the point of difference between us. But I I I was like, if um, I mean, coming from a, a an African family, it was like you need to be an engineer, you need to be a doctor, you need to be yeah. And then because those things were planted in my head, I then did research about what an engineer did, what an engineer looked like, right, what yeah. a doctor looked like. Um, Google should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. Everybody's white. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> nah, I think you. Um, yeah, and you kind of do research. So with the Ideas Foundation, coming in at kind of like when they're teenagers and teaching them about the creative industry and um, some of the... Um, attributes that they think may be disruptive or kind of doesn't fit inside that box of school mm. can actually be channeled into creativity. Mm. Um, so yeah, the Ideas Foundation is really good. And what we do actually is we work with brands um, and the creative industry to give young people life briefs to work on. Okay. So they are developing a portfolio before they've even left school. Oh, do you know what? I would have loved that. Things, yeah. I had lots of portfolios, but they were very a certain way structured. And I think that's something I will say about learning creativity in school. It was really good because it was very supportive in my school. However, like that was only within arts department. The wider school did not care about what the hell I went on to do. Yeah. Like the teachers now, the teachers that organise where people go off to uni and the rest of it, they did not know where I was going because all they knew was I wasn't going to an actual academic uni. I was going to an arts college, so you do your own thing between your, your teachers. And if it wasn't for my specific teachers that I was assigned to that had so much time for me, it wouldn't have been so supportive. And I did art and design from when I was in year nine, so that would have been 14, up until I left school, well, sixth form, which was 18. So all that time, I didn't know anything about the creative industry. All I knew was I, I wasn't going to do anything else. No, yeah, like, and I even, I, I was in top sets for all my, um like, like maths, English, science, but I knew I didn't want to be there. I didn't. I knew I didn't care about it. And all the other kids are like, "Why are you here? Like, you don't." I'm like, "I'm just trying to get my pass and leave." And literally, <laughs> I got a B. I got a B plus, and I dropped out of maths. I was like, "Well, I've got a B plus now." I dropped out of maths to go and do art and design. 
and, I, and even up to that point, I didn't know about creative industry, but I wasn't thinking about it. So, yeah, that's a tragedy, really, because mm. if you if you were interested in art design, you need to know how that's applicable to the real world. Like, how do you take all mm. of that, all that mm. craft that you're learning and yeah, apply yeah. it to the advertising industry? And if you don't know what the advertising industry looks like or how you tackle a real-life brief, you just start a square. Yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah. So, um, what was I going to say? I think I had a question earlier, but it's gone out of my head. So I think that's everything. You've shared a lot of great information. So um, apart from that, where if a young person wants to look up you and um, maybe use your, find out more about you, maybe see what you've done to help them out, where can they, um, what's the best thing to look at to learn more about Tolly Forento? Uh, it's LinkedIn, good. You share a lot on LinkedIn. I share, I share a little bit on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, LinkedIn's a good place. Yeah. Uh, click connect, I connect with everybody. Um... Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Okay. LinkedIn to me. Also, just to sign off, like I'm a big believer in um, young people and talent and just doing. So if you are a young person and you feel like you want to do something or you want to tap into anything that I've been talking about, then um, yeah, hit me up. My email address is tf. A R I N T O at gmail.com. Um, and you can, yeah, reach out, talk to me. I can point you in the right direction. If you want to get into the industry, I can point you to some HR people or some interesting programs and projects and opportunities. Woo woo. All right. Thanks, Tolly. Peace.